Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome into the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Casey, and right about now is when Matt would say, and my name is Matt. But Matt is out of town, so we kind of have a tables turned situation where you get just me today. I know that's rare. Usually you have just Matt, but I am excited to uh, talk to you all today. Um, And I decided for our episode today, we're going to do another top 10. Uh, Obviously, it's just a top 10 with me, Um, but I wanted to approach this from the top 10 reasons to visit Disneyland versus Walt Disney World. You know, Matt has oftentimes said on this podcast that where you live in the country, in the United States, um, oftentimes determined determines which is your park, right? So if you are east of the Mississippi, oftentimes Walt Disney World is considered your home park. And if you're west of the Mississippi, Disneyland is considered your home park. Obviously, you know, that depends. I mean, I have plenty of people who live in Texas or who live out west who who want to visit Walt Disney World because of the fact that it's just a giant resort destination and has become the flagship of the Walt Disney Company. That said, I am struck often, and, and, and I say struck, but in the same regards, I used to think this way too. And how often I hear people say, oh, well, Disneyland is not as good of a place to visit because it's so much smaller. Now, while it's true that Disneyland itself is very much a much smaller complex than Walt Disney World. In fact, Disneyland itself, Disneyland Park, could literally fit in the parking lot of the Magic Kingdom. That doesn't mean that it's any less than than Walt Disney World. I think sometimes people compare these two apples to apples because they're Disney, when in reality they are two different experiences. And it's important to go into a Disneyland trip with a different set of expectations than you would have for a Walt Disney World trip. Now, my first visit was just about a year and a half ago. Nate and I went out to California in June of 2022, and we got to experience Disneyland for the first time. I was giddy with excitement uh, because of the the history there, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I think sometimes when people go to one of these theme parks... It's just about the attraction, just about the fun, just about the rides. Trust me when I tell you, you will get your fair share of rides between these two parks. Beyond that, though, I think there is even a um, a, a cultural difference, an experience difference, a vibe difference from, from Walt Disney World to Disneyland. I remember walking away from my experience at Disneyland going, huh, I almost enjoyed that more than I enjoy my time at Walt Disney World. Again, though, I think I I fell for the trap of trying to compare the two. And so what I want to do today is I want to spend a couple of minutes, spend our, our podcast today, giving you, from my perspective, the top 10 reasons why you should visit Disneyland. Not 
over Walt Disney World, but why you should make it a trip to go to Disneyland at some point. So I'm going to start with number one, which I think is probably the most obvious, which is it's the OG park. It's the original. It is also the only park that the founder of the Walt Disney Company, Walt Disney, actually stepped foot in. That park is stooped in history. Uh, if you've ever experienced a Cedar Point, a King's Island, a uh, Six Flags, uh, Dollywood, if you've ever experienced any other type of theme park, modern day theme parks owe their existence and really in a lot of ways, the way that they are, uh, they kind of handle their business and their operations to what Walt did with Disneyland. I'm not saying that amusement parks didn't exist before Disneyland, but Walt had a completely novel idea about what amusement parks and theme parks could do for the family of the 1950s. And that's what he built in. Um, if you've ever noticed how a lot of parks often have a central location, a central hub, an icon, if you will. So at Disneyland or at Magic Kingdom, you've got the castle. At Epcot, you've got Spaceship Earth. At Animal Kingdom, you have um, the Tree of Life. At um, uh, Hollywood Studios, you've got the Chinese Grauman Theater. you got the central location. And then emanating out from that, right, at least at the Disneyland and Magic Kingdom parks, you kind of have this, this hub and spoke design. That is an OG original uh, uh, operational idea, an OG original thought that Walt had. He wanted to be able to give people the the, the ability uh, to know exactly where they were in the park at any given time. And, and modern theme parks have oftentimes um, modeled after that philosophy. Um, one of the reasons why you'd want to visit Disneyland is Walt's apartment. You've probably heard us talk about this before, but in case not, directly above the fire department in Disneyland, there is an apartment. There's a full-on apartment that Walt would use when he would visit the parks. And whenever he was in, he would turn the lamp on in the window to signify that he was in the park that day. And that's how the cast knew. Of course, when Walt passed away, uh, the Disney company made a decision to leave that light on at all times. So the only time that light is removed, that lamp is removed from the window, is during Christmas time when there is uh, a Christmas tree in the window, which, of course, is always on as well. So that's reason number one. It's the OG park. It is the original. All right. Reason number two. Let's talk attractions. I've actually got attractions here on a couple of these next ones. Uh, kind of going along the theme of history and classics, you're going to get classic attractions at these parks, specifically Disneyland, not so much California Adventure, but Disneyland that are gone elsewhere, that you can't get elsewhere. Um, as you all know, I am heading to Disneyland this coming Sunday. So I'm recording this on Sunday the 8th. I'm heading to Disneyland on the 15th. You'll be listening to this here in, uh, on Tuesday. Um, my friend Amy, uh, Fairy Pod Mother, y'all know Amy. She is so excited to ride Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, which was at a long for a long time at Walt Disney World before it was replaced with the Winnie the Pooh attraction. You get classic attractions that you don't get anywhere else. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is an example. Alice's Adventure, um, the Storybook Boats, um, and then probably. Uh, 
in my opinion, one of the most important attractions of all is the great moments with Mr. Lincoln. Without great moments with Mr. Lincoln, we wouldn't have the Haunted Mansion. We wouldn't have the Pirates of the Caribbean. We wouldn't have Rise of the Resistance uh, with the animatronics that we have. Because great moments with Mr. Lincoln is what started all of that uh, after the Tiki Room. Now, along that line, the third reason why you would want to visit Disneyland also having to do with attractions is you get different variations on the rides that you already know. Um, It's a Small World is probably one of the biggest ones I want to talk about right now. It's the original version of the ride. It's the one that was uh, put up at the World's Fair for over two years for people to experience. Um, It's housed outside at first, and then you go inside. Um, it's a it's a classic, and it by far is a superior version than the Walt Disney World version. And again, it's it's one that Walt directly worked on, uh, which is, I think is a, is historically significant. It also has the added advantage of having um, the Disney characters as Small World dolls scattered throughout it, which is a fun little Easter egg scavenger hunt for you for your family while you're out there. Other rides that are going to be different, one of which I am so stoked to ride when I get to Disneyland, is going to be Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, Again, an original for that park. I am so excited to see uh, this variation of the ride. It was closed when we were there in June, so I cannot wait. Haunted Mansion looks different and feels different. Splash Mountain, even though we don't have it in Walt Disney World, uh, it is, or at least it was, I have to check and see if it's still open, um, is in Disneyland. And I think I told this story when we went to Disneyland last time about how that was the first ride we rode when we went to Disneyland, thinking, oh, it's going to be the exact same ride. Oh, boy, was it not. We got soaked with that final splashdown. Uh, Space Mountain is different. There's so many different attractions that will feel familiar to you, but really are different. And that was one of the things that I had, I asked people advice for when we were going was, you know, what, what advice do you give to someone who's a WDW expert, who's going to Disneyland for the first time? And over and over again, I heard, you know, don't skip the attractions that you think, you know, don't skip the attractions that you think, you know. And I'm so glad that I did, and I'm, I'm excited to continue that trend as we um, uh, as we go this year. Last one on attractions um, is just new attractions or different attractions that you can only get at uh, Disneyland. Now, obviously, over in uh, Disney's California Adventure is where a lot of these are going to be at. So, for example, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, a variation of the Tower of Terror. And I know it's on the skin of the Tower of Terror, but it is a completely different ride. Uh, Web Slingers, right? The Incredicoaster. These are all attractions that you're not able to get elsewhere. Um You know, obviously there's a lot of classic attractions that you're going to be familiar with, but there's also going to be things that you're like, oh, that that's not on the that's not on the East Coast. That's on the West Coast. And so beyond just experiencing classics and beyond experiencing variations of attractions that you already know and love, you also get brand new attractions as well, which I think are going to be great. 
So I want to talk this next one, which is going to shift gears from, from the attractions themselves. And I want to talk about the footprint that is Disneyland Resort. This is, uh, so this would be reason number one, two, three, this is number five, a very much a um, condensed footprint versus Walt Disney World. You know, Matt oftentimes talks about when you go on a Disney vacation that time equals money. When you're at Disneyland, time becomes less of an issue because attractions are not as spread out. I remember how struck I was to literally see the Pirates of the Caribbean exit queue, I'm sorry, the Haunted Mansion exit queue directly next to the entrance to Splash Mountain. Now, you know, in Walt Disney World, those two things are very much spread out. It's probably a good five, seven minute walk to get from the end of Pirates of the Caribbean over to, to Splat, where Splash Mountain was or even Big Thunder Mountain, where here they were right next to each other. But even beyond within the parks, think about where California Adventure is and where Disneyland is. If you've ever pulled up a map of Disneyland Resort, these two parks are directly across the promenade from one another. You can walk from the entrance of Disneyland to the entrance of Disney California Adventure in less than five minutes. They are directly across a promenade with downtown Disney basically situated in between. If you go, um, you know, if you're in Disneyland and you're, you look straight ahead, you see California Adventure, right to your right is downtown Disney. So everything is centrally located. I was trying to think about kind of how the setup is and basically think about downtown Disneyland as like the infrastructure. And then within downtown Disneyland are the two big attractions, Disneyland and uh, Disney's California Adventure. Beyond that, though, the hotels, there's no bus system. You don't need a bus system to get from uh, Disney's uh, Grand California uh, Grand Californian or from um, uh, what is right now Paradise Pier Hotel, which will eventually become Pixar Pier Hotel or from the Disneyland Hotel. You can walk from the Disneyland Hotel or from the Paradise Pier Hotel directly to one of the two parks in less than 10 minutes. Uh, California Adventure actually, or Grand Californian actually has an entrance right into California Adventure. So does uh, Paradise Pier. Um, and then, of course, there's all the surrounding area good neighbor hotels, Disneyland good neighbor hotels. There's probably 40 of them within two miles of property. Uh, when we went in June, we stayed at the Hilton um, Anaheim. I do not recommend staying at that particular location. It is definitely run down and dated. But there are plenty of other locations, Fairfields. Marriott's, Residence Inn, and even some um, independent uh, hotels. There's one there called the Candy Cane Inn, which I know sounds like a cheap motel, but it's not. Uh, it's actually one of the most requested hotels to stay at while you're at Disneyland. And what's nice about this is these good neighbor hotels, you can book them through an authorized travel planner like myself. It's actually through Disney. We booked them directly through the the Disney website that we use to book um, your trip and we can book packages for you and all those great things as well. So again, uh, being condensed like that makes getting around super simple. And I think that's one of the things that I am most excited about is that, you know, we might go to Disneyland for a few hours and walk back to the hotel and chill at the pool for a bit, right? Because we're staying at the Disneyland hotel. Okay. Number six, it's a local park. 
It's a locals park. All right. I love Walt Disney World. I do. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I can get around it so easily because I have been there two dozen times. I know the ins and outs and the tricks and how to do uh, a lot at Walt Disney World. But for someone who's never been there or has only been there a couple of years, it's a behemoth. It is a monster. It is 40 square miles of property bigger than Manhattan. I think it's twice the size of Manhattan is what I read. Now, of course, they don't use all that property, but there is a lot. There are a lot of roads. There's an entire there's an entire transportation system, the Walt Disney World transportation system, which rivals most city transportation systems. Buses, monorails, Skyliner, water taxi, right? You know, you really break it down. They got horse and buggy in some cases. It's a behemoth. And while they do their best to make it as simple as possible, the fact that it's 40 square miles, it also is a tourist destination. I, I, I cannot express enough how touristy Walt Disney World feels in comparison to Disneyland. Disneyland caters to the locals of Southern California. Yes, there are tourists who end up going and enjoying themselves, but they are not the vast majority. The vast majority of those attending the park at Disneyland are annual pass holders or what they call magic key holders. Where at Walt Disney World, it's nowhere near that. There's a vibe at Walt Disney World of go, 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 of of. FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. You're going to miss out on this if you don't get this. This is a once in a lifetime trip. Disneyland, not so much. Disneyland is a, you know what? I can come back next week or I'm just here on my lunch break to ride Mr. Toad's Wild Ride or to do a quick trip at the Haunted Mansion, right? Uh, Grab a Starbucks on Main Street USA even, right? There's a vibe of relax. If we don't get it now, we'll get it later. And even if you're a tourist who doesn't frequent Disneyland on a regular basis, that vibe penetrates you. It, it gets into you and you feel it and you come to respect it and you come to appreciate it. You know, people will oftentimes ask me, how many days do I need at Disneyland? And, you know, can you get both Parks done in two days? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you do the park hoppers, because they're so close, you can bounce back and forth. But two days is going to feel like that go, 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 because you're there for two days. Give yourself that third day. You might think that that's, you know, maybe overkill, but not really. When you have that third day, it forces you to just slow down and take a breath. And really ingrain yourself in that Southern California vibe and be appreciative of the fact that, yes, this is a vacation, but it doesn't feel like any other Disney vacation you've taken before. Um, I was just struck with how laid back it felt. Yeah, that first day we were there um, right at park opening. I remember we drove from our hotel in Hollywood to get there by park opening. We got the Genie Plus, did everything. That second day, I remember waking up going, we don't need to get there at rope drop. The wait times were easily manageable, right? And, 
you know, with Genie Plus even, it makes things even crazier, like or less crazy, I should say. You don't have to feel like you're rushing from one thing to the next to the next. There is no FOMO with Disneyland. And I attribute all of that to the fact that the majority of the people that you are interacting with are, in fact, residents, local residents, permanent residents of Southern California. And by the way, that extends to the cast as well. I don't really have this listed here, but much of the cast that is here, they're permanent residents of Southern California, of Anaheim, of the local area. The cast that you get at Walt Disney World, some of them are from California, but one of the things that they pride themselves in is bringing people in from all around the world, including the college program, right? And so you don't get that permanency feel from everyone you interact with at Walt Disney World, but you absolutely get it from those that you interact with at Disneyland. Uh, along those lines, I think this is probably a, a similar uh or part of this kind of similar idea, um, you get longer hours at Disneyland. Oh my goodness. I couldn't believe how long the park was open on a regular basis. Random days in June, random days in October. The park's open at 8 a.m. Um, and, and or half an hour early admission, sometimes is 7.30, and are open until 11 p.m. or 12 a.m. midnight pretty much every day. Walt Disney World doesn't do that. Walt Disney World opens at nine for most of its parks and closes at nine for most of its parks, sometimes 10 and on the rare occasion, 11 o'clock. Animal Kingdom closes at seven, sometimes eight. So that's another reason you get more playtime at Disneyland and California Adventure, more bang for your buck. Another reason why you might want to visit Disneyland over Walt Disney World is other area attractions. Now, of course, Orlando has this. You've got Universal Orlando, you've got SeaWorld, you've got Busch Gardens, you know, all that fun stuff. Um, Hollywood, or Anaheim, I should say, has Hollywood. Anaheim and, and, and Disneyland, they have the ocean, much like Walt Disney World does, but it's right there. Uh, you've got Universal Studios Hollywood. You've also got the Warner Brothers Studio Tour, which is a real-life working studio that you'll get to explore and uh, get to see where real-live TV shows and movies are made. It's a fun, fun, fun tour. Um, especially if you're friend or uh, fans of like the show Friends or The Big Bang Theory, things like that, or DC even. But you've also got Hollywood. Now, Hollywood has this like mystification, if you will, of being like this magical place. Guys, look, it's a it's a street corner. I mean, literally, it's a street corner in the city of LA, Hollywood and Highland. But it is kind of cool. There's a lot of street vendors there. There's a uh, a circus type atmosphere or a fair type atmosphere there. Lots of street foods. You get to see the Hollywood Walk of Fame. There's a lot of like B rate attractions like Madame Tussauds Wax Museum or Ripley's Believe It or Not area. Lots of fun little local bars. Um, if you're a, a fan of the night scene, there's West Hollywood, which is a lot of fun. So you can have a lot of fun beyond Disneyland. Now, I want to be very clear unlike Walt Disney World, where um, Walt Disney World is about 30 minutes away from like Universal Orlando, things like that. Disneyland is a good hour, hour 15 away from like Hollywood proper. Um, uh, and that's with good traffic. Obviously, if you have rush hour or something along those lines, traffic is going to make it even crazier. 
Um, but you know, you are still within that distance and you can, you know, Santa Monica pier is nearby. We spent a half a day there, which was a lot of fun. So you have a lot of local area attractions that you can experience. Of course, reason number nine would be the food. Uh, just like Walt Disney World, Disneyland has a number of different food options that they are known for. I will tell you that they are known for their their churros. They are authentically made. Uh, from my understanding, the recipe actually comes from a longtime cast member's family tradition of how those churros are made. Um, at Walt Disney World, a lot of the bakery and confectionery items are are shipped in from like an off-site bakery but at disneyland they're made right there on site um of course there's the beignets right there at cafe orleans uh right in disneyland so you don't have to go to a, a hotel to get them like you do at walt disney world um i've had both i've had all three versions so there was the the port orleans french quarter version from years ago they were more squares then there's the Port Orleans French Quarter ones that are out there now that are shaped like Mickey. And then there's the the Cafe Orleans ones in um, Orleans Square in Disneyland, which are also shaped like Mickey, but they're smaller. I will tell you that the ones at um, uh, Orleans, uh, uh, Orleans Square in Disneyland probably are the most authentic of the three. I enjoy those the most. Um, there's also the Blue Bayou restaurant. You've probably heard people talk about this before. I'm stoked that I got a reservation for this because the last time we were in town, I was not able to do that. But the Blue Bayou restaurant um, is very similar uh, to the, the Mexican restaurant in Epcot that seats you inside the Mexican pavilion and you can see the three Calaveros. Cali I always say that wrong. Uh, that, that attraction, uh, the ride through as you're having your food, it's very similar to that, but you're actually watching the pirates of the Caribbean attractions come through as you're having your food. So I am totally stoked about, uh, trying that for the first time. It is the hardest reservation to get at Disneyland. Um, and I'm also pumped about doing the Monte Cristo sandwich. Um, I had that the last time we were there. It's a pretty fantabulous sandwich. Um, you can get that at Disneyland as well. Um, there's a lot of places to eat. I don't think it's as diverse of a selection as you might get at Walt Disney World, simply because there's just not as many restaurants. But between Disneyland, Disney California Adventure, and Downtown Disney you have got a number of places that you're able to eat and enjoy. Uh, 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 just kind of, you know, very, uh, really good cuisine and, and notable cuisine. Last one I got on my list here are the different overlays and parties that Disneyland has. This has long been a bone of contention for those who call Walt Disney World their home park. Walt Disney World, because it's a tourist destination, doesn't overlay a ton on their attractions. Yeah, okay, the Jungle Cruise becomes the Jingle Cruise, right? They throw up a couple of Christmas decorations. But for the most part, they don't do a whole lot to alter the look or the feel of attractions, 
the castle even, right? I think the whole 25th anniversary cake castle might have scared them. I know when Stitch took over Disney and he toilet papered the castle, that was a was a um was a, a a bone of contention. And I think the reason why the Walt Disney Company has not or has chosen not to let Walt Disney World become an overlay uh uh, uh so much is because it is a tourist destination is that people are maybe taking a once in a lifetime trip and they want to see the classic Disney. They want to see the classic Cinderella castle or the way things are under normal circumstances. Because again, there's that feeling of this is it. This is the only time we're going to be here. Take it all in. And so I think the Walt Disney company wants to avoid disappointing guests who are experiencing it for the first time. But the consequence of that is that those of us who have gone or go on a regular basis and who are familiar with the way that they do things and might crave something a little bit different, we don't get the overlay of the nightmare before Christmas in the haunted mansion, for example, or we don't get the overlay of hyperspace mountain, uh, set to the star Wars, uh, instrumental score, right? When you go to Disneyland, they figure out ways to overlay certain things over their attractions to make them different, to celebrate different things, right? I would also even add to this that when they're promoting certain things, uh, for example, when the new Pirates of the Caribbean came out, Johnny Depp dressed up as Jack Sparrow and was in the Pirates of the Caribbean to promote the new movie, right? That's not something that happens every day, but because they're so close to Hollywood and that's where a lot of the stars live and they're so close to where these films are made, they're oftentimes the setting for some of this promotional stuff. They're also the setting for when announcements are made first. I know sometimes those of us in Walt Disney World who go there more often are a little bitter at some of the specialized treatment that Disneyland gets. And we oftentimes think to ourselves, well, why are they doing at Disneyland and not at Walt Disney World? Well, there's a lot of politics and stuff that go into that, I'm sure. But again, Disneyland being close to the headquarters of the Walt Disney Company in Burbank, I'm sure that's a big part of it as well, is that it's literally a 45-minute jaunt down the highway to Disneyland versus a cross-country uh, air trip all the way over to Walt Disney World. Parties, same thing. You know, uh, Disneyland or Disney California Adventure, I should say, hosts the Oogie Boogie Bash, something I am so excited for. A week from today, we will be experiencing um, Amy, Nate, and I. Um, their kind of focus at this is a lot less on the attractions and more about character meet and greets. I'm so excited to see Judge Doom from Roger Rabbit, right? So, you know, you get certain certain after hour events or parties. Um, I've been told that the the pride event the, that they hold once a year is one of the best. It sells out almost instantaneously. So, again, another reason to visit Disneyland is depending on when you are set to go, you might encounter one of these special parties or special overlays or special events. 
It is completely random that we chose to go when we're going that Oogie Boogie Bash was taking place on the night we arrived. It is even more random that I was successfully able to get tickets the way that I was able to get tickets. So, you know, when you're making uh, plans to go, work with your travel planner to see what special events might be going on. That could be something that you can roll into your plans. Okay, there you have it. Those are my top 10 reasons why you should visit Disneyland. It's not top 10 reasons why you should visit Disneyland over Walt Disney World, because I think we have to stop the false comparisons. They are two very different parks, two very different things. It's like comparing apples to oranges or apples to pears, if you will. I have said it. More than enough times on this podcast, you all know that I am a travel planner who works with an authorized travel agency or works for an authorized travel agency, Main Street and More Travel. We are an earmarked agency, which means that Disney knows that we know what we're doing. We complete all our training on time. We are certified. And when you work with an authorized travel planner like Main Street and More Travel, you don't pay anything extra. Um, I've said this time and again. You can go book the trip on your own, and if the trip's going to cost you $2,500 to take, if you book it, it's going to cost you $2,500. If I book it for you, it's going to cost you $2,500. I don't charge you a fee on top of that. And so why wouldn't you have me book it for you? And then you can lean on me for expertise, for guidance, for things that you might find useful. Um, if you're interested in having me book a trip, I know I've had several of you who have reached out and I'm very thankful for you. Um, you can visit me at www.caseywoolley.com. That's C-A-S-E-Y-W-O-O-L-E-Y.com. Um, there I have a lot of tips, tricks, other information as well, as well as information for how to get a hold of me to book any trip, not just a Disney trip, Universal. Uh, you want to take an all-inclusive. The way I have it basically set up at this point is the magic, the thrills, the cruises, and the beaches. I can help you with any of those, and I would be honored to do that. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, um, just facebook.com slash magicalcasey. I'd love for you to find me there and share the stuff that I put out. Um, as far as getting a hold of us on this podcast, uh, sorcererinetwork.com has all of our episodes, has Matt's other podcasts, his mistress podcast. Um, you can also um, find us on Facebook, um, uh, Beers and Ears Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at beersears1928. Or feel free to email us, beersandears1928 at gmail.com. Matt will be back next week. I won't because I will be at Disneyland. I don't think I've told him that. So Matt, if you're listening, uh, you have the pod next week. Um, nah, I'll make sure I let him know. But I will have a recap of my Disneyland trip um, in two weeks. Uh, but this, hopefully, you can have a moment to live vicariously through me to see why I uh, think a trip to Disneyland is in your future. And uh, I would love to help you plan that. That is it for us right now. It is closing time. So we're going to go ahead and raise our glasses or in my case, I'm going to raise my glass. You got it right here. This episode has been on us. I will see you again. We will see you again real soon. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for listening to a Sorcerer Network podcast. Thank <laughs> you.